The following episode contains material of a graphic nature and coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. The defendant's commission of these four murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state. Skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open. Uh. I'm here looking for the spirits of anybody that still remains. I have a device in my hand. If you would like to talk to it, please come forward. Tell me your story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. guys welcome to another episode of serial spirits the podcast it is me your host brendan shane with me as always is the beautiful the lovely Penny weems how are you shea Bay? i am excellent you know we actually got to chill out this weekend we were recording and it was actually kind of gloomy and rainy but man we just we just enjoyed it it was kind of perfect because you know what i did i started putting up halloween decorations i'm not gonna lie i'm that person and what else did we do Oh, we went to, okay, so last week was Shay's birthday, and we took our annual trip to Hawking Hills. We didn't really get to look for Bigfoot that much this year. Thanks, coronavirus. Yeah, thanks, corona. But we still had a blast and became one with nature, and um, Shay actually did a couple of Bigfoot calls, even just outside of our cabin. Yeah, it was a really nice cabin, and we had a good time. And by the time you hear this episode, it'll be two weeks after my birthday. But everybody who wished me a happy birthday, thank you so much. It melted my little black heart, made me feel loved. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for that. He says he's also still accepting gifts, FYI. I still am, still am, (laughs) till the beginning of September. It's a a whole month. It's a whole month celebration, right? It it is, I suppose. I mean, technically, when I was a kid, my mom used to say, well, I think that you should uh, also celebrate the day that you were conceived. Gross. Because that is the day that you actually were given life. And Gross. I'm like, well, mom, that's kind of a cool idea, but how do you know exactly what exactly. day you were she conceived? Remembers that? No. <laughs> I don't know. She had a lot of kids, so maybe she did. I, I don't know. Gross, Grandma Grace. We don't want to hear that anymore. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So what else did we do this That was weekend? a weird sidetrack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what I, we I, were just, I, I, I digress about. deep into something, but I want to <laughs> I want to dive deep into another wormhole that we started to go into this weekend. That's what oh, I was really Lord. talking about. Oh, Okay. Um, I don't well, know. Well, we don't want to give it away. We no, just, we, we went don't. down a wormhole and it's, we did. Oh, guys, we're working on something and it just turned into something else and into something else. And I don't know. I just can't wait for it to all unfold. We told you guys that in lieu of our Mothman appearance this year, we would have something special cooked up for you. We started working on it a couple of weeks ago and had no idea that when we spoke with one of our last guests, that it would turn into the story that it has. And we don't know where it's going right now. So uh, yeah, look for that in 
September because we are extremely excited for what is about to come from this series. Yeah, probably what's going to take place with this is we're, we're going to keep releasing regular episodes, but as this approaches, it's going to be something special, a bonus kind of thing. We'll probably still have episodes like we normally do in September, but when this episode drops, we're going to kind of you know promote it as it's a single, its own entity, because it kind of is. It's a little docu-series, I guess you could say. Also, guys, I want to throw in, we just found out today through social media that there's been a tech problem with the uploading of some of our podcasts to Podbean. It seems like the last four episodes have not uploaded for some reason. We are trying to figure that out right now. But if you guys um, aren't, I, I guess, if you're, you've typically listened to Serial Spirits and somehow these episodes are missing from platforms that you're used to seeing them on, please reach out to us on social media or you can email us serialspirits at aol.com. We're doing our best to work it out and get those episodes back for you guys if you have missed any of them. Good things. Yeah, I totally didn't. That just went over my head. I totally forgot all about that. And we were just talking about it five and minutes we were ago. Five minutes ago, just talking about, hey, man, it's hard to stay on on track sometimes with a little baby. I know. Right? Who's sleeping behind us in her she little is. escape pod. But Shay, you want to hear something exciting? Yes. We got two new five-star reviews Ooh, in the past couple of weeks. Let's, let's hear those. I failed to read them last week. So here we go. This one is from Um Cassie. It's U-M-M-M-M-M, Cassie. Mm, and Cassie. she says, Annie and Brendan cover all the topics I love, ghosts, true crime, and weird news. Not to mention, sound quality and show production is phenomenal. I always look forward to new episodes. Subscribe. And Three Little Black Hearts. Thank you, um, Cassie. Yeah, thank you. Mm, that was amazing. And the second one is short, sweet, and to the point, but we appreciate it. West Virginia Local says... A wonderful local podcast. Yeehaw. <laughs> that's all you got from that one? No, Yeehaw. thank you. I mean, that's they're both, that's just, even if you leave five stars and put a question mark on there or whatever, it's still, it's awesome. But you guys actually taking the time to write how you feel about the show. It, it's it's incredible, you guys. You guys have it, no idea how it makes much us feel good. that matters, though, and how our podcast is distributed to other areas. So please, please, if you enjoy us, please head over and leave us those five-star reviews and drop a line if you prefer because it helps our show get on to different platforms. We appreciate each and every single listen every time. And with that being said, we also want to thank our patrons this month, Bethany Hammontree and Cool Scout 09. Thank you for supporting our podcast as well as the other great shows on Paranormal Warehouse. You guys know what to do. If you really want to become a patron, if you like the show, if you like what we do, go to patreon.com forward slash Paranormal Warehouse, and you can help support this show and all the other great shows on Paranormal Warehouse. So, Annie, you got a uh, a pretty interesting story that you're going to read to us today, and it kind of brings the whole topic of what Serial Spirits was meant to be founded on, correct? It does. So we always said we wanted to bring murders and deaths into hauntings. We wanted to link the two. And I'm bringing it right here to our backyard in West Virginia with one of the most infamous murders in my home state. Today, we are going to be talking about the murder and haunting of Mamie Thurman.
A tiny town in southern West Virginia holds a nearly 100-year-old mystery wrought with rumors of illicit affairs, the wrongful conviction of an innocent African-American man, and the ghost of the woman who still haunts the mountain where her mutilated body was found so many years ago. The story was so sensational that a Broadway-acclaimed play was eventually written to tell the tale that left this community spellbound. This is the murder and haunting of Mamie Thurman. Mamie was born in September 1900 in Kentucky. In 1924, she and her husband Jack, who was 16 years her senior, moved to Logan County, West Virginia. Jack became an officer with the Logan County Police Force and served as a night patrolman in town. Mamie was a housewife. The two were well known throughout the community, becoming members at the prominent Nybert Memorial Church in downtown Logan. Mamie and Jack lived in a two-bedroom apartment on the property of Harry and Louise Robertson and had been living there nearly eight years at the time of the murder. Harry Robertson was an established community member who worked at the National Bank of Logan and was a city commissioner. His wife, Louise, was treasurer of the Logan Women's Club, and both were well-known in their church community. Harry had actually used his influence within the community to help Jack get hired by the Logan police force, Just the neighborly thing to do, right? Well, as it turned out, the neighbors might have been a little closer than anyone in Logan could have anticipated, until June of 1932. On the evening of June 21st, Mamie was seen leaving her apartment with a woman who had dropped laundry off to her. The two were seen together at a local store, where it was reported that Mamie got money to pay the woman for the laundry service. The last time Mamie was seen alive was around 9 p.m. that night as she walked past the theater in Logan. Twelve hours later, on the afternoon of June 22nd, Mamie's body was discovered in a remote area of Holden, West Virginia, called 22 Mountain Road, near an abandoned mining area. The man who discovered her body was deaf and unable to speak, and communicated that he had been in the area picking blackberries when he came across the gruesome discovery. Mamie had been shot twice in the head. Her throat was slit, severing her trachea and carotid artery. Her neck was broken, and she had sustained multiple facial fractures. Almost immediately, possible suspects were pointed out, and police wasted no time in narrowing down those suspects and making their arrests. So I said the neighbors had been a little more neighborly than we might have realized, right? As it turns out, Mamie and her landlord, Harry Robertson, had been having an affair for nearly two years. They were both members of Logan's infamous Key Club, which was a place that prominent members of the community could meet, drink during prohibition, and partake in other illicit activities, including extramarital affairs. But maybe their affair wasn't as secretive as they thought. Because on June 22, 1932, the same day that Mamie's mutilated body was discovered on 22 Mountain Road, Harry Robertson and his African-American handyman, Clarence Stevenson, were arrested for the murder of Mamie Thurman. The police claimed that they had found blood in Harry's car. Clarence, a very small man in stature who some stated might have been diagnosed with a type of dwarfism, lived in the attic of their home. Harry confessed to police that he had, in fact, been having an affair with Mamie. He said that he would tell his wife that he was leaving the house to go fox hunting 
and Clarence would drive him to a prearranged rendezvous spot where he would meet Mamie. But Harry said he wasn't the only man that police should be looking at. Harry claimed that Mamie had been having affairs with at least 16 other men in the community, although the names of the other suitors were never made public. Harry said about the men, quote, one of them is dead, all except three live in the city of Logan, and all are married except one. In July, a grand jury of 16 community members was called to decide if Harry Robertson and Clarence Stevenson should stand trial for the murder of Mamie Thurman. Many of the 16 community members were friends and associates of Harry. Magistrate Elba Hatfield warned the community that all the evidence that they would hear would be circumstantial, but in his opinion, damning to both parties. Eyewitnesses were called to bring forth the evidence connected from the scene. Scattered around Mamie's body, authorities had found both of her shoes, her engagement ring and wedding band, her purse, which contained approximately $9, a pack of cigarettes, and her wristwatch. The location of the items of value, along with the brutality in which she was murdered, led police to believe that the motive behind her murder was not robbery, but something more personal. The town mortician stated that later, bloody rags and a razor had been found in Harry Robertson's home. The grand jury deliberated for four days before coming back with a decision that made major headlines throughout the area. Harry Robertson would not stand trial for the murder of Mamie Thurman, but Clarence Stevenson would. So yeah, the key club, huh? I guess uh, you you don't want to belong to the key club because you get promiscuous with everybody. Well, I guess a lot of people did for that reason. You're talking prohibition. Yeah, prohibition. Southern West Virginia. We watched... uh, Boardwalk Empire. We watched Boardwalk Empire, and they do the same kind of thing there. There's all these congressmen and people coming into to uh, New Jersey, they're Atlantic City, and they're doing the same thing. It's almost like the rich and elite do that kind of stuff, which really hasn't changed much, I no, guess. No, but that's exactly what was happening in Logan. And Mamie just, it sounds like she got caught up in the middle of it. Her husband worked nights, and she was lonely, and she wanted some company. And they said she's a, an absolutely beautiful woman. There are pictures posted of her everywhere, dark hair, dark eyes, um, just kind of a very dainty build. And so... Um, yeah, apparently she uh, she had her pick of the litter there in Logan. So we can go ahead and just kind of guess because Clarence Stevens was a black man in technically the South, he's going to get blamed for this murder that he didn't commit. Well, and it was so unfair that Harry Robertson knew so many of these guys. Who well, they're were all the rich and elite. The they all hang out right. at the key club. They were all friends. And so, of course, when he goes to trial, there's no solid evidence that anything happened there. You know, the mortician came forward later and said, yeah, there were bloody rags and uh, and a razor all over the place. But one thing that was mentioned in another article was that was said that Clarence Stevenson had been in a really bad car accident and previously and had sustained all of these facial fractures and would frequently have nosebleeds, really severe nosebleeds. And so when they found those in the home, they said it could actually have been caused from the nosebleeds that he had. But they said it was her blood. I don't think they had any way of knowing that. It was 1932. Yeah, but that's what I mean. They're saying that it was her blood just to so they, they could use it as evidence against him. Well, they were just saying it was blood in general, right? So it was iffy. Well, I think that's a good spot to take a break. So let's take a break right now and we'll be back. 
This is Camille from I Don't Know the Podcast. Are ghosts real? I don't know. What are UFOs? I don't know. Are witches sexy? Maybe. I don't know. Listen to I Don't Know the Podcast every week to find out what else I don't know about all sorts of things. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes, Will I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you did you just make a Will I am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. I'll allow it. Anyway, we're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about. We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? Alright, what, what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? But, oh, hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. I used to feel alone, awkward, and self-conscious. I felt as if I was walking down an endless road leading nowhere. I suffered from deep depression, and I couldn't shake the pain. Soon I would catch myself having thoughts of suicide. I ached and paid for someone to come and help and tell me everything's alright. As I drifted off into my daily thoughts of emptiness, someone stepped in and reached out. They told me they were there for me. I later realized in a world this big, there will always be someone to confide in. I'm so thankful someone came to my rescue and made me feel loved. You do not have to suffer alone. Be the difference in someone's life and don't let another beautiful life be wasted. Don't wait until it's too late. Know the signs. Give light to someone in need. If you know someone who is suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. During his trial, witnesses came forward for Clarence that accounted for nearly every minute of his whereabouts on the day of Mamie's murder, leading up to 11 p.m. that night when he said he went to his attic bedroom in the Robertson home to go to bed. The jury was out a mere 55 minutes before coming back with their verdict. Clarence Stevenson was guilty of the murder of Mamie Thurman. Clarence's attorneys immediately began filing appeals for a new trial, working with the Logan County branch of the NAACP to help prove Clarence's innocence. 56 churches across the area collected $600 to help with the court fees. But despite all their pleas, the Supreme Court denied Clarence's appeal in 1933, and he was sent to Moundsville Penitentiary in 1934 to carry out his sentence. In June 1939, he was transferred to Huttonsville Prison Farm after being diagnosed with stomach cancer, and he died there in 1942. Clarence was buried in the prison farm cemetery. 
his name never officially cleared for the murder of Mamie Thurman. Shay, you've been to Moundsville before, right? This place is it is creepy enough now that it's not, you know, there aren't prisoners wall to wall. Can you imagine this guy being in there, especially if he was, if he suffered from some type of dwarfism, what kind of life he would have had at Moundsville? Yeah, Moundsville was one of the, at one time, was one of the uh, most violent prisons in the United States. And you can actually walk in there right now and just take a big old sniff just like that. And you still smell the piss because That's all that disgusting. stuff dried in the pipes Ooh. or whatever. I mean, it still reeks of urine and uh, it's it's a freaky place walking in there abandoned. I couldn't imagine it yelling prisoners and everything else in there. It's, it's a friggin' creepy place. So can you imagine... Clarence Stevenson at said they said he was less than five feet tall. Yeah, he he probably had a hard time. This tiny uh, African American man who, by all accounts, you know, was convicted of murder with basically nothing, going to live out almost the last of his days in Moundsville. Yeah, that's he probably had a really tough time. Mamie's murderer is not the only mystery that still surrounds her death. The exact location of her grave is also a mystery. According to her death certificate, as reported by multiple media outlets, Mamie was buried at Logan Memorial Park near her West Virginia home. However, other reports stated that Mamie's body was actually transported back to her birth home in Kentucky and buried there. In the 1980s, Mamie's brother George, a former prosecuting attorney in New Mexico, returned to Logan in an attempt to locate Mamie's true burial site so that he could give her a proper burial. Sadly, he died several years later without ever finding Mamie's true resting site. He was also quoted in a local newspaper saying that he thought Clarence Stevenson took the rap of Mamie's murder for someone else. Mamie's legend doesn't end there. Many residents of Logan County think that the ghost of Mamie still haunts 22 Mountain Road. Many claim to have seen a beautiful, dark-haired woman walking along the old mining road late at night. There are legends of truckers picking up the raven-haired beauty in old-fashioned clothing on the winding road, only to have her vanish in the cabs of their trucks. Another urban legend is that if you park at the bottom of 22 Mountain Road and put your car in neutral, your car will roll uphill by itself. The final bizarre part of this story is that, decades after her demise, a play was written about the final days of her short life and her death. Written in 2014 by Joyce Robertson, the play, entitled Mamie, began running in 2015 at the amphitheater of Chief Logan State Park. After running again in 2019 with the Aracoma Story Incorporated, Mamie received the Broadway World Regional Award for Best Original Play or Musical. The legend of Mamie Thurman continues to be so popular amongst those near and far that there are numerous geocaching locations to be found associated with her death, including her rumored burial sites and the location of where her body was found. So there was a play written about it, and it was written by a woman named Robertson. Is that a coincidence? Or... I don't know. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I know that Robertson's a big name in West Virginia. It is. It's a very common name in that area. But could 
this Joyce Robertson be related to Harry? Joyce, if you're out there listening, uh, we'd love to know. And we would love to to find out why you felt that you had to write a, a play about her life and death. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but apparently pretty good if it won awards. Yeah, it won awards. I mean, I'd like to see it. It'd be kind of cool. But let's go back here to... Um to Clarence Stevens here, he 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 was. I think he was wrongfully convicted. He definitely was an innocent man. He went to prison for somebody else's murder. I think her husband 100% killed her. It's another case of that. And I think it's because, you know, feelings and emotion get involved when you go to these places and you are involved in these kind of things. I think jealousy and everything else get involved. I mean, you don't know every day, everybody's everyday life, but I mean, well, come on. Th- there were rumors that he came forward in prison and said that he actually knew something about her murder, that he had driven her body out to 22 Mountain Road, but that he wasn't the one that killed her. Yeah, and that would make sense. He's his handyman. He's his, you know, he basically does what he tells him to do. I mean, it's, it's his, it's his boss. I mean, he's employed by him. I mean, he lived in his house for yeah. crying out loud. And so he probably knows and, you know. It, it's one of them things like I think he took a rap for somebody else and he knew he was going to take a rap for it. And they pretty much just set him up from the get go because they, all these rich, powerful people do this crap all the time. We're seeing it now with all this Epstein stuff. I mean, yeah, if you got money, you can get away with murder. We're talking about the ghost of Mamie Thurman. Um, it, it's this legend that sounds like so many that you hear. They pick a beautiful woman up off the side of the road. She disappears. She's in old fashioned clothing. That I cannot attest to. I can, however, attest to the fact that I have been to 22 Mountain Road and tried this whole put your car in neutral and you oh, roll backwards. Here. I thought you roll back. I thought they said you go up the hill. Oh, go. Well, go up the hill. Yeah, you go up the hill. So, I mean, dep- depending on which direction you're parked, you could go backwards for us. Whatever. Um, so, obviously, in high school, we had friends who lived in the Logan area. And I think we had been playing a ball game out there that night, basketball game. And they were like, let's drive past 22 Mountain Road. And so you park at the bottom. Weebs, the aspiring young ghost hunter, paranormal right? investigator. It's always been in my blood. So we go there. We put the car in neutral. And you do, in fact, roll on your own. I think it can completely be debunked by uphill. science. Yes. It, it, I, it, it's one of those optical illusions. I think it I'm, is. I think the grade is going downhill. Yes. I'm 99.9 repeating percent sure that it is an optical illusion, but it's fun nonetheless out there, you know, in the middle of the night, middle of nowhere. Oh yeah. When you're a teenager. Yeah. That's, that's the fun stuff to do. But you, you know, it's weird. There was an episode of ghost adventures and they almost did the same thing where they actually had somebody come and test the grade Right. Of the road. And it actually showed that there was grade and they were being on an incline. Yes. And they also said that handprints would appear on the back while they did this thing with oil on your hands and powder and all this other crap. And yeah, so. It's a complete optical illusion, but fun nonetheless. I also looked at this website, these women who went geocaching out there. And uh, they were not able to find the geocache area. What is geocaching for people who don't know? Geocache. I, honestly, I wasn't entirely sure until I read I mean, this. I, I know what it is. I've, I've done it before. Well, then you describe it. You basically, you get on these websites and you look for these locations for these like hidden treasures. People hide these treasures and you go and try to find them. And if you find them, then you just say, yeah, I found them at this date. And you put it back and, you know, just go to the next one or whatever. It's people basically, it's like GPS coordinates. You're following clues and GPS coordinates and... It's called geocaching. So people, they can just leave anything out there pretty much. 
So the ones that I saw, they were not able to locate the ones that had been her supposed burial site. But I think they did found, find the one where her body was. So they like took pictures of it there, which is kind of a morbid, I guess. But the pictures of the cemetery are creepy, too. And the, the cemetery originally was in Kentucky. No, this cemetery is the one in Logan. The one where she was found. Well, yes, the, close to the one, yeah. close to the location where she was found, but they don't actually know where she's buried. That's crazy. Haunting. So there you go. Hauntingly That's scary. the life, death, and afterlife of Mamie Thurman. I think it's weird that just, you know, somebody just decided one day they were going to make write a play about a random murder that happened in their town. Maybe it wasn't random. Like you said, maybe she was yeah, related. She, she had something that, yeah, there's something else. There. So Joyce, something if you're listening, there. reach out to us. There's a, a string that somebody's got to follow. So yeah, Joyce, yeah, please come talk to us. So, you know, did to kind of like, just kind of segue out of this a little bit, whatever happened to her husband? Like he just kind of lived his life. No everything, idea. Everything's cool. Everything's no, fine I've, and dandy. Just moved on. I never found anything else about her husband. So I guess so. But he think about the, it. He played the, the doting widower for... He was a cop. Oh, there, there you go. So, yeah. And this is in the 20s and it's, yeah. Exactly. So... It was it was a cover up. See, that was a pretty interesting case. And we're going to wrap that uh, episode up here. But Annie, before we get out of here, what... Do you want to tell people? I know you got something important announcement you want to make. So like I said before, we are coming up on October. Actually, this will be for September and October. I'm still doing my live show, uh, Serial Spirits Live, on Paranormal Warehouse. It's airing Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Paranormal Warehouse's Facebook page. And I've decided that I'm kind of devoting the months of September and October to cryptids. I want Bigfoot. Mothman, aliens, fairies, anything that goes bump in the night. I want your stories. I put this out there on social media a few days ago, and I've gotten some responses so far. But if you have an encounter with any type of cryptid creature that you would be willing to share with me, or if you are a cryptid researcher, please feel free to reach out to me on social media at Annie Weebs. Uh, weebs underscore serial spirits on Instagram, same thing on Twitter, or you can actually email our serial spirits at AOL.com and uh, let me know. I would love to have you as part of this series. We're going to get creepy for Halloween, but I need your stories. Creepy for Halloween, cryptids, aliens, fairies, what, whatever, guys, you have some weird story. And I know you people in the Appalachian region, you have some weird stories. So guys, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you when we see you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Serial Spirits Podcast. Follow us on all your social media apps, facebook.com forward slash Serial Spirits, on Twitter at Serial Spirits. Listen to us on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you subscribe. Follow us on our mothership at paranormalwarehouse.com. Become a patron today at www patreon.com forward slash paranormal warehouse until next time guys be aware and be safe